Holy Spirit, we bring a sacrifice of praise. Our hearts are heavy, but our spirits made alive by you through the blood of the eternal covenant of Jesus Christ comes to worship you and thank you for your presence here and your presence in us in the Spirit. We are helpless and hopeless without you. And so I pray that every person here this morning would be aware of your presence, not mine, not the churches, not the people next to them, but your presence and your love, which is unending and fathomless. We ask this in the name of love, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. We have a role in the Anglican Church. Well, actually, it's kind of a tradition. All may, none must, some should. And uh, that means that some people bow, some people make the sign of the cross, some people genuflect, some people stand, some people kneel. I hope you feel that you're in the Father's house and at home. Amen? Amen. I'm a wanderer. Bible calls them pilgrims. And I want to say good morning, saints in the Lord, and all you pilgrims out there. Because we're on our way. We're on our way. And one of the things that happens as we walk through life on a daily basis, whether we know Jesus or don't know Jesus, what we are confronted with are the problems and difficulties that each of us face, or our family members, or our friends, or our community, or our nation, or the world. And we always come up with the same response. Why? Mike's talking too loudly. I don't want you to miss that thing I say. I'm just kidding. I wear hearing aids and I've got a microphone, so you're in for a treat. <laughs> and the other one just kicked in. Why? How many of you have children here? I don't mean in the church, I mean somewhere that you know. Okay. How many of you have grandchildren? Do you know that children on average ask three to four hundred questions a day? Mom and dad, can we see a shag? Grandma and granddad, shake your head. Yeah. Do you know that mothers answer or ask almost a hundred questions a day? Now, I don't do statistics. That's DJ's job. A hundred questions a day by mothers. That's amazing. You know how many questions dads ask? Two. Where's dinner? Why'd you do that? We tend to, yeah, we're conservative. Nevertheless, even dads ask, why? Why? Why this? Why that? Why him? Why her? Why this? Why that? Why here? Why now? Why? If you're asking why today, I want to tell you that I've come good news. I don't have a clue. I don't have an answer to why. And if you're lucky, God won't tell you why. You don't want to know why things happen the way they do. But I have more good news and better news than that, and this is it, that even though the answers may not come, we have Jesus. You see, Jesus is God's answer. He is God in the flesh. When we see Jesus, we see God and humanity in one person. When you see Jesus, you see the Father. When you see Jesus, you see the Holy Spirit. When you experience his presence, that's what you experience. The fullness of the relationship between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It's in you. It dwells in you if you know Jesus. And if you don't know it, please don't leave here without Jesus today. 
The gospel lesson is a snapshot. The gospel lesson isn't meant to answer any special questions that we have about DJ's death or anything else. I brought, a, I brought show and tell. Is that okay, Father Brett? Disaster Medical Assistance Team, Pennsylvania, Unit 1, that responded to Ground Zero after the attacks in the World Trade Center. DJ wore this shirt. We were part of the same team. He went to Ground Zero in Shanksville. I did not. One of the things that happened at, Shanks at uh, Ground Zero was that he contracted uh, sinusitis and he also contracted a cancer which 33 people in the United States contract in a year. Imagine that. And it's always from the same source. It's from PVC burning, and there's a gas emitted. And if you're exposed to it, you don't have to breathe in it, but if you're exposed to it, you can develop this cancer. And it hits men between the ages of 50 and 60. 20 years after exposure, DJ died on the eve of the 20th anniversary of the World Trade Center attack. Why? I don't know. I don't know. But I know Jesus. Do you know Jesus this morning? He's the only one that makes any sense out of life for me. I've known him a long time, and he's known me from eternity, so it's a pretty good deal. The gospel lesson today is a, it's a set in a context. We have this little snippet, this little snapshot of Jesus meeting Martha. But I want to set the context, and the first context is that Jesus is always in our present tense. If you're a believer in Jesus and you talk about Jesus in the past tense, take the next step. Jesus is, not Jesus was, not Jesus will be, Jesus is in the present tense. Your tense, my tense, DJ's tense, our other tense, our tense, Jesus is in the present tense. And Jesus was tense when Lazarus was said to be ill. He was contacted by Martha and Mary. They sent a runner. How long? Well, he had been in Jerusalem. He was threatened by people who wanted to stone him to death. He and the disciples went down through the valley of the shadow of death and across the Jordan River to where John was baptizing. And Jesus was hanging out, hiding out. I'll ask him when I get there. Those that were around him, the leaders, had forced him to go. In chapter 10 of John's Gospel, it says, Then the Jews, the leaders of the Jewish community, said to Jesus, How long will you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly, why are you doing what you're doing? Who do you think you are? And because Jesus said, well, I'm going to tell you plainly, are you ready? If, for people who think that Jesus never tells anybody the truth straight up about who he is, listen to the Bible. This is God's word. This isn't my idea. Thank you. Is there an amen? amen? Even Anglicans can say amen. <laughs> Listen to what they, Jesus said. I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness to me. But you do not believe, because you are not of my sheep, as I said to you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. 
and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone Jesus. Do you see that Jesus is a personal threat to people in power? And I'm not talking about institutionally. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about you trying to control life and everybody's life around you. That is a threat to Jesus reigning in your life and in the lives of the people that you love. And it doesn't matter whether you're the high priest or the sexton of the church or the usher or you're a basket weaver or a fireman or a policeman. If you think you're in control of your life, I have good news for you. You're not. And if Jesus is a threat, wake up. Because the threat that he wants to give you is eternal life. Imagine that, the good news. If you'll listen to my voice, I'll give you eternal life. Well, that's too much for me. Whoa, whoa, Jack, I don't want to hear that. Let me get a rock and punk you in the head. I want to tell you, I've done that. Jesus has told me something about myself, something about my relationships, and I've backed off. But you know, there's something good about my friend and my Savior and my Lord Jesus. He pursues you until you surrender. Anybody know that? He never gives up. Other people in the gospel thought Jesus was irrelevant. Verse 34 through 37 in chapter 11, which we read today. And he said, I'm sorry, we're 34, okay. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. For all of you who are kind of bound up and don't think you can cry today, Jesus gives you permission. The next line in God's word written about God's word in the flesh is, Jesus wept. The depth of your weeping is the depth of your love. Jesus loved Lazarus. See how he loved That's what he said. See how much they, he loved them. But listen to what follows it. And some of them said, could not this man, can you hear them kind of snarling, who could not this man, Jesus, who opened the eyes of the blind, also have kept this man, Lazarus, from dying? See how much he loved him? And he's irrelevant. Just when you need him, where's Jesus? Remember, Martha and Mary had called for him. He was several days walked down the valley of the shadow of death, several more days walking up. He finally gets there. Lazarus has been dead four days. Jesus took a risk going back. Remember, the folks were up there waiting with the stones and the bricks and the clubs to stone Jesus to death. So his love was facing the pain in front of him and going anyway. Jesus, brothers and sisters, is the first responder. And he responds because he loves us. No greater love has this for any man than he laid down his life for his friends. Jesus isn't talking about himself. Because when he went to the cross, he didn't have many friends, did he? Do you know that 
No greater love is this than the man who goes and lays down his life for his enemies. <laughs> and that's what Jesus did. Amazing grace. That while we were still the enemies of God, Christ died for us. Jesus may be a personal threat. Jesus may be irrelevant, but Jesus loves you. Thirdly, in this passage, 11:21 and verse 32, we always wonder why Jesus doesn't show up when we need him. There's an old Negro spiritual. I love it. I can't sing it for you because I don't remember the tune, and my mind is like a steel sieve. And it goes like this. God may not get there when you expect, but he ain't never late. You hear that? God might not get there when you expect, but he ain't never late. And from the God, the Cotton Patch Gospel, your arm's too short to box with God, so give it up. Martha hears that Jesus is coming, and she runs from her home. She leaves her grieving, mourning sister at home, Mary, and she runs to meet Jesus. And what does she say to Jesus? Huh, has there been any conversation in our family over the last five weeks? We have repeated the same conversation over and over and over again. And Martha and Mary and the family have been, and the folks in town have been, this conversation has gone on the whole time that Lazarus has been sick and now he's dead and now he's buried and Jesus is not there. And so Martha shows up, he says, Lord, if you had been here, where were you? Why? Why didn't you come? We waited, we waited, we waited, and you didn't come. And our brother Lazarus died. If you had been here, he wouldn't have died. Martha goes on to say, but even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus was too late, but, okay, you're late, but I know God will give you whatever you ask of him. And Jesus then says to her, Jesus says, you, your brother will rise again. And Martha says to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Well, Jesus, you can, do, you can ask God for anything and he'll do it, but he won't do it right now. He's not listening. I grew up in a church where God the Father was angry, Jesus was dead, and the Holy Spirit was unwelcome and uninvited. Is that the church you're in? It's time to get to the church of the living God. Because the Father's alive, He loves you. Jesus is risen and He's present with us at this very moment, and the Holy Spirit indwells everybody who puts their trust in Him. But, Sometimes our prayers don't get answered the way we want. That's what trusting God means. To trust God with the answers, even while he allows us to ask the questions. If you had been here, why are you late? And you know, I know the conversation was going on at home because Mary, her sister, Martha goes to fetch her. Remember, Jesus is kind of talking to the crowds and whatnot. Mary goes, Martha goes to fetch Mary, and Mary runs to Jesus and falls at his feet. And what does she say? If you had been here. Did you hear that before? How many times over the dinner table that week? 
If you had been here, this would be completely different. We've prayed that prayer. And I want to tell you Jesus is with us. I want to tell you how I know Jesus is with us. Christianity is a very practical thing. It's not a religion. It's a relationship. It's a relationship with the living God who has come among us as the person of his son Jesus and draws us into fellowship with himself. We were standing around the bed after DJ died. Let's not be mincing words. He didn't slip away. He wasn't lost. He died. We were praying, reading the scriptures. And I know Jesus was present. I know the Holy Spirit was ministering because as we prayed, his wife, Darla, began to pray for those who bombed the World Trade Center. And you know what she prayed, Lord? Reveal yourself to them. Let them know that you love them. Bring them to repentance and faith in Jesus. That's Jesus in the present tense. Do you have any tense in your life? I want you to know and be assured this morning that Jesus is in the present tense. He's in this present tense. Can I do one more thing? Anybody there? John 11, 25 and 26. After he says, uh, I'm the resurrection, your brother will rise again. And I know on the last day, this is what he says to her. But Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Don't you just hate it the way Jesus deals with us? He doesn't have these little shallow, mamby-pamby conversations. He gets in your face and he says, do you believe this? Do you believe this, Jim? Do you, Bob? Do you, Mike? Do you, Sue? Do you believe this? Notice what he said, do you believe this? Not do you believe in me. Do you believe me? Do you believe Jesus? Do you believe me standing in front of you and telling you I am the resurrection and I am the life? Do you believe it? You may come here this morning believing in Jesus. Hallelujah. But do you believe him? That's what's going to get us through. Because we believe he is who he says he is. He is the resurrection and he is the life. We're a liturgical family in the Christian church, Catholic, the church of the universal church of the world. We have creeds and prayer books and rituals and I love it. I love the prayer book. I love our Anglican ancient tradition from the Reformation. I love the Catholic history of our church, but it's not a substitute for Jesus. It will fail you. It's not religion, brothers and sisters in Christ and those who do not know Jesus. It is a relationship. Do not leave here without inviting Jesus into your life. If you want what we have, be willing to go to any length to get it. And if you don't want it, I love you anyway, and so does Jesus. A 
the end of John's Gospel. You, this is an account. It's not a story that God, somebody made up. This is John recording the life and activity of Jesus. Did he record everything? No. In fact, I want to read you what he says at the end of this account in his gospel. And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples. He doesn't mention he also did many signs in the presence of his enemies that wanted to kill him, but he did. Which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe. Not believe Jesus was a good man, or Jesus was a prophet, or Jesus was a religious hero, or Jesus was a wonderful rabbi, or Jesus was a moral teacher, because even though he was not all of those things, what makes Jesus different is that he came back from the dead, and he's alive, and he's here. He's here in this present tense, and he's present in here, and he's present in there, and he's present in here. He's present. And you don't have to leave home without him if you want to get home. You don't have to leave here without him. It's very simple. Say, Jesus, I'm not worthy. I'm a miserable sinner. Take over. Take over. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. That you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. Notice it doesn't say that you can believe what Jesus taught. That you can believe what Jesus did. That you can believe that Jesus was a good boy when he was 12 years old. That you believe in Jesus. You believe Jesus is who he says he is. In the morning when I rise, in the morning when I rise, in the morning when I rise, give me Jesus. Give me Jesus, give me Jesus. You can have the whole world, but give me Jesus. And when I come to die, and when I come to die, and when I come to die, give me Jesus. Want to sing it with me? Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. You can have the whole world, but give me Jesus. And now to the Father and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, be all glory and honor and power, both now and unto the ages of ages. Come, Lord Jesus.